It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Despite how it felt this week, the longest week in history, it's still a new year. Welcome to 2021. And hey, it's Ashley Frasco. You're listening to Green and Growing here on WSB. Here for you every Saturday morning from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Dave Baker kicks me out like at 8.58, I would say, and comes in place for the Home Fix-It show from 9 to noon. And no more uh, Georgia Bulldogs football on Saturdays. That's kind of a bummer. That makes me sad. But we've moved on from the college football season and uh, NFL is in the playoffs this weekend. So it's a busy, busy sports weekend for sure. But I'm glad you're here. I have a full show today. I have, over the last week and a half, spoken to many fascinating people And I'm happy to share at least three of those with you today on today's show throughout the course of three hours. Um, An interview a long time in the making, I would say for months, really. But to get everything finalized and ready for on the air about a week and a half, I interviewed a 15-year-old whose passion and knowledge and enthusiasm for houseplants is unparalleled. I mean, no one that I've ever spoken to about houseplants has given me the joy and the happiness and just that contagion factor that uh, that Ryan did here lately when I interviewed him around the holidays. And so I'm happy to bring you that. I, I spent a lot of time on the piece uh, that I'm going to share with you to get you excited and help you learn a little something about houseplants. If it's something you've always been itching to try or you feel like you failed and, and you're about ready to give up, but you haven't given up yet, I want you to stay tuned and listen to Ryan. He is just an amazing 15-year-old who just has that love and and passion for plants that we all strive to have, you know, and when we set out to do this show, this time last year, actually getting ready for the debut of Green and Growing, the the thought process was making new gardeners and even non-gardeners, making it a little more inviting for them to get into this and and something for them to try. So I'm going to kind of stay with that theme this year and still just Stick with the experts and all of that that are going to share the garden knowledge with you, sure, but also find people doing new creative things and different ways to get you engaged, whether it's going to be next month and the great backyard bird count. You know, you don't really think of birding as part of gardening, but just being in the outdoors, Um, speaking with someone from the American Beverage Association, and you figure, well, what does that have to do with gardening? Well, that's, I'm coming at that from an environmental angle, Um, all of the big soft drink companies have put their efforts and their talents together to create a recycling initiative, really looking out for the planet. So I'm kind of intrigued to learn more about that and how each of us can do our part, whether or not you choose to recycle or you're just a little more mindful of the environment. But it's something that benefits us all in the long run. So a lot of big plans and pollinators, that's going to come up in the spring and what we can do to attract pollinators to our garden and just to make you a little more aware that that's kind of a big deal. That's something we should pay attention to. So you've got three hours. We are wide open for your garden calls, your garden questions. And the same thing I asked last week, too, just your garden resolutions, Um, something that you did not get to try last year that you would love to try this year, and you are set on doing that, whether you're starting to get ready Uh, to prepare seed indoors. It's a little early yet, but we've only got a couple of weeks before you really need to start thinking about buying those trays and the soil and getting your seeds, getting your hands on seeds early now so that you've got them and you can go ahead and start those in the house the end of 
January, early February, so that you can have tomatoes in June and July, and you can have all those summer crops, squash and zucchini and all that kind of stuff. So whether that's something you want to try or on the flip side, something that you tried last year and it didn't work, and you're going to come at it with a new approach. Um, I love that idea, too. We had a couple of really good calls last Saturday, folks that uh, had tried things last year, and they knew exactly what went wrong. So they're going to go at it again this year. They're not discouraged, and they're going to find a new way of doing it. So 404-872-0750. And then at 830, we're going to have Pike Nursery come on and talk about a really interesting shrub, a fascinating shrub that maybe you've seen and you didn't quite know what it was we're going to talk about that and kind of the benefits of putting that in your landscape. And that's that's kind of a New Year's resolution, too, and an idea that Jason just gave me behind the scenes, too, is something that you're going to plant this year, um, something that you're excited about trying, whether it's a fruit tree or just something as simple as a rose bush or something or an azalea that you've just always wanted in this spot and you've not gotten around to doing it. So that's kind of neat, too. I can kind of help guide you and set you straight um, if you need maybe some advice on what goes where, what plant may be best. Um, I keep a list in the notes section of my iPhone. I don't know if if many of you have discovered that, but it is it is fantastic. It's so simple yet so helpful. So on your iPhone, it comes with notes, and you get in there, and you just jot stuff down as you think about it, and it lives on your phone forever, well, until you lose your phone or it gets stolen. But But there it is for you to always refer back to if I'm laying in bed and I don't have a pen and paper, just putting stuff, especially for the show. Um, I have ideas for Celebrity Gardener, this long, long list of probably unattainable people, uh, but people who do have a link to gardening, uh, musicians and singers and actors uh, that I would love to get on. So I always kind of add people to that as I see them on social media and think, oh, wow, they're doing some cool stuff, or they tweeted about a plant. They <laughs> they qualify as a gardener. I want to get them on the show. But my list of plants to try this year. So my husband and I have this project that we're going to set out to do and take the juniper bed out of the front yard, which I know it's there for a purpose. I know the juniper was planted there by the builder to prevent runoff and all that kind of thing. So first of all, I've got to figure out the erosion and the drainage control before I just go willy-nilly ripping out juniper and and let, you know, my whole front yard slide into the front of my house. Um, And there's a, a cherry tree, and I think it's just outlived. It's beautiful for like two weeks, literally two weeks out of the entire year that it has those nice white with a little fringe of pink blossoms on it and then it's just nothing the rest of the year it's just awful and branches are falling off as birds are landing on them I mean it's it's that bad so rip all that out start anew and as I'm in the nursery or even getting calls from all of you I kind of jot down uh, a list of plants that I know exactly where I want them you know and, and you don't have to have a design eye necessarily or an architectural eye to really in, be able to envision just what you like, what colors you like, what size you like, what may go well, you know, where in your yard. So pink muley grass is something that I definitely want to see in my landscape somewhere. Uh, over the last couple of months, pink muley grass has just been gorgeous, just that wispy pink. It, it's it's an ornamental grass. It doesn't flower. It's just gorgeous. And then kaleidoscope abelia is another one, just as the name infers kaleidoscope. There's a lot of colors in that. It's going to be an easy shrub, low maintenance, something that could just be, you know, a little bit of a colorful border or a pop maybe behind or in front of the muley grass. A rising sun redbud. Uh, my friend Donna, who is the groomer for our 130-pound dog, Shadow, uh, she has a rising sun redbud in her front yard, and it's just show-stopping. It is the the central piece in her front yard. Every fall, I just sit in the driveway and wait on Shadow and just admire that tree, and she's pruned it over the years, a little bit at a time from when it was tiny, tiny to now, it's probably, 
I don't know, 10, 12 feet high, and she pruned it to shape it just right, so it's got this gorgeous, nice upward shape. Uh, fuchsia plant, that's pretty easy. That that we could definitely um, have on the back deck in a hanging basket or something in the spring, in the summer. A fuchsia plant, so much fun. And salvia, that's going to be one that attracts pollinators. So see, there's my list. It's very simple. It's it's five things, not a lot of money at Pike Nursery. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, and y'all are going to inspire me to do it and hold me to it. 404-872-0750. All right. So coming up at 630, Walter Reeves. And I was just talking about starting seed and maybe getting your mind right for all of that, thinking about your summer vegetable gardens. Well, I have some questions for Walter, not only about how we need to go forward planning. It's not too early to start planning those summer vegetable gardens. But, hey, what's going on in the garden right now? I've got five broccoli plants that literally have done nothing. They look nice. The leaves look pretty cool. Um, The squirrels have attempted to dig them out of our raised beds a couple of times, and I just go right back in there behind the guys and put the soil back around the plant, and the plants have been unharmed, thank God. Um, And I have one little stalk. If I put three cloves of garlic in the ground, I got one out of three. One out of three ain't bad. I mean, I did six tomato plants over the summer, and I got two out of six. So, you know, you try and you fail, and you're just going to try again. So, But I definitely want to ask Walter about the broccoli. Maybe some of you are watching your greens and they're just not, you know, looking like they should. Uh, should should we be dismayed yet, or do we still need to give them a couple of months? So I'm definitely going to ask him about that. And then 8 o'clock is my entire piece with 15-year-old Ryan Tedeschi of Smyrna. And I just really want you to listen at 8. It's going to make you happy. It's going to make your morning you can hear it through the radio, and that's a, such a tough medium when I'm when I'm in his house looking at all his houseplants, and I can't physically share that with you, but you can hear it in his voice. So that's going to be an interview coming up at 8 o'clock. I want to give you a little preview of it now, though, a little teaser, just so I can make sure you stick around for 8 o'clock. Will you do that? So listen to 15-year-old Ryan Tedeschi and his aspirations for the future. Ryan, I can guarantee you a place like Pike Nursery or some specialty store would love to see someone of your caliber and your age and your knowledge. What kind of job would you enjoy? I mean, have you earned a first paycheck yet? No, I have not, but I have gotten money in other ways, like babysitting and pet sitting, like stuff like that. For now, I would really like to start a mini terrarium shop or something, like small, like just to get money from that. But maybe in the future, I would love to live in South Florida and kind of produce plants that way. Maybe have my own greenhouse and produce plants like that, but we'll see when the time comes. So when you're ready to earn that first paycheck, if it's around plants, what about that makes you happy? It's just something, um, like making money off of something that I love doing, so you're never really working when you're doing that. I can talk hours about what I like doing. (laughs) And one of my biggest questions with the cool collection of things that you have, how many times when you go to the nursery do you know exactly what you're going for versus you come home having bought one or two things you weren't expecting to buy? (laughs) It's It's a mix of both. Say, for example, I'll ask a plant store, post a plant that I want to like, oh, and just get that. But sometimes, like when I went on a rare plant sale that a plant store was doing, I didn't know what I was going in for. And I ended up spending quite a bit of money. And I bought like two of my favorite plants there. The thing about all of this that you're happiest to share with other people, what is it? So what I'll do for a lot of people's birthdays is I'll take cuttings for plants and I'll take them like maybe a month or two prior to their birthday so the plants can be fully rooted. By the time I gave it to them, I always just find joy telling them about it and how to take care of it. And I love how happy plants make me.
Now, how can you not smile after listening to that? Oh, my gosh, he's incredible. So that's just a minute and 52 seconds of my interview with Ryan Tedeschi, 15 years old. And he just makes me happy. That makes me smile. So you got to stay tuned for 8 o'clock. There's so much coming up on Greeny Growing, and I want you to be a part of it. 404-872-0750. We'll be right back after news, weather, and traffic. Stay tuned to WSB. The arms that used to hold me. She sounds a lot like Kelly Clarkson, though. Or Kelly Clarkson sounds a lot like her. Yeah, I'd say Kelly Clarkson sounds like her. <laughs> Susan was around first. A little bit longer, yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Easing you into your Saturday morning. Good morning. Yeah, it's 39 degrees outside. For some reason, my um, my car alerts me as I'm driving through the neighborhood. When it gets down to 37 degrees, you know, when my car thermostat detects that it's 37 degrees, that's that's at what point the bells and whistles in my car start going off. And I'm like, thanks. Thanks for letting me know. So, yeah, it's it's hovering around 39, 37, depending on what part of Metro Atlanta you are in. And uh, the weather update for the weekend and beyond, sponsored by Finley Roofing. Today, mostly sunny. We need that. A high of 43, low of 27, decreasing clouds throughout the day. So it's going to be nice. And tomorrow, warming up a little bit high of around 52, low around 33. Rain chance and scattered showers. That comes in on Monday. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. So I don't know if my coffee is just super caffeinated or what, but I'm already sitting here starting to work on next week's garden to-do list. What is that, the 16th? Like, that's crazy. So first things first, I got to give you this week's garden to-do list. Um, I was a little inspired by a University of Georgia extension webinar that I got on a lunch and learn type thing yesterday. Um, it was put on by Camden County down there by Jekyll Island and the coast and all of that, but it was winter chores and I, and I took some good notes. So it was very helpful. Um, if, if nothing else good has come from the pandemic, I mean, there, there've been a couple of good things, but uh, University of Georgia extension, uh, my hat's off to them because they have really adapted and done an about phase and come up with creative ways, really beginning back in the summertime, ways of getting people engaged virtually. And all of that stuff is free to you. Uh, these seminars and webinars and all that kind of thing. You just have to, to go on extension.uga.edu, maybe look at the calendar there. Um, and the topics and the talks that they have are great. Nothing really lasts more than an hour. So I was inspired by that. So anyways, that's next Saturday. Let's do this Saturday first. Okay, number one, you can think about fertilizing, applying maybe a liquid root stimulator to newly transplanted trees and shrubs monthly for the first year that they are in their new homes. You don't have to have a rooting hormone. You really don't. But if you want to, it's not going to hurt monthly for the first year they're in their new homes. And yeah, contrary to popular belief, you know, it's so cold right now, but it is a time to really start thinking about transplanting trees and shrubs, things you need to um, feed pansies and other winter annuals with a water-soluble plant food each time that you water them. Isn't it amazing to, to look at your pansies every day and just think, man, those guys survive the cold. They really brave it out, don't they? Number two, it is necessary to prune grapevines every year. Pruning should occur later in the dormant season, but before bud break. So the dormant season, you know, here in the southeast typically spans from about November through March or April. So you've certainly got some time. I wouldn't have done it as early as November, December, but really moving forward now, thinking about that. Postpone pruning until colder temperatures are less of a threat just to allow for cold injury assessment and to adjust for bud number retention. So we want to make sure that, you know, as bud break starts to happen, 
the the vines are able to hang on to those. Regardless of when the pruning starts, the goal is just always to finish before bud break because you don't want to interrupt that. And that goes back to what we talked about last week too, how you're not pruning the spring flowering things right now because all of those buds were set last fall. Like you think about azaleas and rhododendrons and how much they worked and how gorgeous they were for you a couple of months last year. They only take a month or two off, and then in the fall, they're starting to set buds for the for the next spring. So any pruning to something like that done now, you're going to cut the buds off. It's just a matter of looking. I mean, really looking carefully at the plant to make sure, and knowing when it flowers. If you know that it's a spring-flowering shrub, then, then you just do have to keep yourself from pruning that right now. Number three. We talked last week about protecting outdoor plants from freeze by sheltering them, you know, grouping them together in the pots, let alone kind of huddled together. Also, frost cloth, that's a consideration. That's something you can pick up at the nursery. Cut, have that cut, have it set aside, ready to pull across the plants, you know to be tender to cold weather. Once you put it over the plants, it can be left in place for several weeks without risk of damage. So frost cloth is a little bit different there if you're going to set it and forget it versus using some plastic or a cardboard box or something like that. When you set plastic over plants to protect them, it's got to go all the way to the ground, you know, maybe um, anchor it down with some bricks or some rocks or something like that. But then that kind of is going to create a greenhouse effect once the sun comes out the next day and maybe fry the plant. So plastic is not something you need to leave on beyond just the overnight hours to protect from a freeze. Cardboard, same thing. You're just going to want to pull that off and let it get the sun that it needs, right? So three simple things to think about doing this weekend. And thank goodness it's going to be sunny. It's been dreary, and it's just been gross for a day or two. So I'm ready for mostly sunny skies today. High of around 43, but it's still going to be chilly if you got to get out there and go for a run or walk the dog or whatever you're going to do. All right, Walter Reeves, he's on hold, and he's ready. So we're going to talk about planning ahead for vegetable gardening and what to be doing now, too. Plus, David and McDonough has given us a call, so I want to hear from David and hear from you. 404-872-0750. I'm Ashley Frasca. You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB. And oh, you are a fool to let, let me go. Why did you let me go? It's so long to without It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Short newscast, 634. Welcome back to Green and Growing. Have a full show. Um, a lot to share with you. I'm kind of doing some research at the same time. We're going to hear from Walter Reeves in just a moment, but we've got a couple of calls. I'm so excited. 404-872-0750. So David and McDonough, the first one on the board, the first one on the air. Good morning, David. How are you? Hey, Ashley. How are you? Great. What's going on? What do you want to share with uh, us? Well, it's timely to talk to Walter because he's well aware of these programs. I was surprised when you... Uh, the show you did Gwinnett College. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Uh, um, that because uh, they sponsor this stuff, but EGA has two different certification programs: Georgia Professional Plant and Georgia Certified Landscape Professional. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm pretty sure Pike asked Pike. Uh, it's it's I think it's one of the requirements. 
And it certainly is at Home Depot and Lowe's. So you go through a program, a plant ID, mm-hmm. and it's run by the University of Georgia. And I'm a Georgia certified landscape professional, which is more business oriented. Mm-hmm. And we share it with Florida, Tennessee, South Carolina, North Carolina, wow. uh, and Alabama. Okay. And these are certification programs that anybody in high school, college, wherever. You know, and I, I, mean, and I love that, going back to st- skilled trades. You know, if college just wasn't your thing, but it's never too late to go back for certification courses, you know, to become certified in, in, in skills like this, like even like trades like plumbing and heating and air and things like that and I mean, exactly. landscaping. Yeah, well, you were never too old for that, are we? Now, when did you go through your certification? I went through, gosh, 10 years, 15 years ago. Okay. But I've, I've judged a lot of them. And and typically, I mean, it, it, it's a long, you got to buy the books, uh-huh. you got to study it. So you've got paperwork, and then you have to go out to the field. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, when you actually get certified, you get to judge people <laughs> and teach them. That is really neat. David, I'm I'm really glad you brought that up because through the University of Georgia, which is so extensive, of course, throughout the state here, Gwinnett Technical College, um, I'm really glad you've been listening to the show long enough because you remember my guests from the Urban Ag Council and Gwinnett Technical College, and I should bring them on again because that was a really good show. But as soon as I saw that you're a Georgia certified landscape professional, I thought of the Urban Ag Council, right? The professional certifications that they offer And like David said, it costs money. You've got to study. You've got to buy the materials, get credit hours and all that. But becoming a Georgia certified landscape professional, plant professional, get your pesticide applicator license. All of these things are regulated as they should be when we're talking about the environment. You get your ISA certification to be an arborist. Um, You know, we've talked about the Georgia Arborist Association and the good things they do. And and that got me thinking, too. Thank goodness for Facebook, if for nothing else, reminding you of people's birthdays, right? So I hope I'm not uh, going to upset her at all. But speaking of the Urban Ag Council, their executive director, Mary Kay Woodworth. Good morning, Mary Kay, if you're out there listening. She's been on the show. She's she's really been super supportive and super helpful of me starting the show. Tomorrow's her birthday. So thank you, Facebook, for, <laughs> for reminding me of Mary Kay's birthday tomorrow. David, I'm so glad you called and you would recommend the program to people. I think that's really inspiring. Whether they want to go the college route or Gwinnett Technical College, UGA, have the time to go to a campus or you know just do uh, online learning or contacting the Urban Ag Council is one way to do it, too. So the Urban Ag Council of Georgia. Uh, maybe I'll share that link later on on the Facebook page, but just urbanagcouncil.com, as simple as that. Well, here we are. He's on hold. He has called the hotline. It's the host of the Lawn and Garden Show that uh, was this time last year. He's winding things down, but Walter Reeves. Walter's Wondering. Walter's Wondering. The definitive questions and answers from WSB's OG Garden Guru, Walter Reeves. There he is, folks. January 9th, up early on a Saturday morning, second week of January in 2021. Good morning, Walter. Chilly still. When's it going to get warm? I want warm. Uh, Like uh, the end of April? (laughs) We've got a ways to go. So when it gets warm, we start getting excited about planting vegetables and stuff like that. But it's cold, but we bring you good news. There is still stuff you can be doing with vegetables, isn't there? 
if you have broccoli, maybe that you planted last year and hadn't done anything yet, hadn't made any broccoli florets, you just keep watching it. Eventually, when it gets a little bit warmer, you'll start having broccoli. Time to harvesting that. It'll it'll flower early. So broccoli usually flowers sometime in early April if you're not careful. And so if, as soon as you see the broccoli little florets forming, as soon as they're as big as your fist, I'd go ahead and and harvest them then because if you don't, they won't taste good after the plant has flowered. So that's one thing to look for is if you have broccoli that has not done anything yet, leave it alone. It will eventually, but harvest it when you see it. You know, I tell you, I grabbed those little broccoli plants up at Pike Nursery the day they came in. So I was more, I've never done a cool season vegetable garden. This was the first. So I planted those four plants. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking eight, 10 weeks ago. So I guess my window of of harvest is going to be a lot longer, just letting those guys, first of all, survive through the wintertime. Am I on the advantageous end of having planted those, you know, back in like early November? Or what about the people that are going out now, mid-January, and getting those plants and planting them? Who's better off? Uh, You are. Even though you plant them late last fall, they still have a lot more root systems that they've established during the wintertime. People who plant now, you can still have broccoli. But remember what I said. As soon as you see the broccoli florets forming, as soon as it's big as your fist, that's time to get them out of there and eat them because otherwise, if you wait much later, they'll be bitter, 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 bitter. Okay. The really the right time, put it on your calendar, actually, the right time to plant broccoli is usually the last part of August, not November. Wow. So I would have had broccoli by now had I done that. Absolutely, you would have had it for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and so in April, when you're saying it goes to flower, that's what's known as bolting, right? And we don't want it to bolt, um, do we? Well, they're pretty flowers. The bees and the pollinated insects love them. So if you can, if you don't mind leaving them in the, in the garden, it's certainly good for insects. But the vegetable itself will not taste good. So something else that I did that was a lot of fun was just one little clove of garlic. Stuck that bad boy in the ground, pushed it into the soil with my finger, and I've got little green stalks coming up there, but that's going to take a long time. Garlic is amazing. How hardy it is, number one, how easy it is to grow, as you said. Just push it in the ground with your thumb, you're fine. And by when? Early June, I'm guessing, is when the leaves will start turning yellow. And when they start turning yellow, it's time to harvest it. You dig it up and couple of cloves, you can save those and plant them back in the soil again. And the ones that you say that you get out of the ground, that can be taken inside. You can eat them, eat the Italian food with the garlic that you grew. Incredible. The garlic's going to take like eight months. That's insane. But uh, so we have people now growing, you know, collards and greens and things like that. Uh, what are they doing right now with those more leafy crops? Waiting and seeing, harvesting when they want to. My dad used to have turnips and spinach, I guess it was, they were up against the wall of his chicken house. Huh. And he would have turnips and spinach that he would harvest for them or tell one of us to go harvest them for him uh, up against the chicken house. And we would bring it home, wash it really good. Let me just say, we washed it real good. And uh, then we'd have, in the middle of the wintertime, sometimes Thanksgiving, Christmas, you have turnips and, and spinach. And then because the shelter of the chicken house and the fertility they came from inside the chicken house. They don't just grow like crazy. They love that environment. Very wow. rich. Very, very rich there. So how much room do folks need for leafy crops like that if they're planning ahead? Any size is fine. Depends on how much your children like uh, turnips or turnip greens and stuff. But if you needed a bed two or three feet wide by eight feet long, it would be plenty big. Plenty big. Oh, wow. Okay. 
And looking through the notes from some of the local master gardener groups, you know, they send out things to tell you to be working on and be aware of. And I swear that I read, I mean, it's January 9th already, but I think I read that uh, now is a good time to prepare asparagus beds. Is that the case? This is a beautiful time. How do you think about that? The master gardener is so brilliant. Yeah, if you like asparagus, now is the time to plant it. It is a great time to prepare beds, to order the roots, uh, to put them in the ground when you get them. Asparagus is a perennial, one of the very few perennial vegetables. And so it will stay in the same place in your garden year after year after year. You'll harvest asparagus spears every spring. And boy, it would be terrific to get the place prepared and put some asparagus spears in. And I have, by the way, actually some thoughts on which variety to buy for 100 years. It seems like Martha Washington and Mary Washington were the only two varieties of asparagus that you could find. But these days, there are much, much, much better varieties to look for, even buying them online. There's a Jersey Giant, Jersey Male, the Purple Passion, several varieties that have great, huge spears, and they are much more productive than the old Mary Washington and Martha Washington were. How how easy it is, is it to get our hands on asparagus for, for ourselves to plant? Where do we get those? Honestly, I'd go online. Okay. Um, the nurseries don't. I, I rarely see it at Pike. I rarely see it at other nurseries. And again, they're going to have the old varieties anyway. So if you want to really the best ones, go online. There are two or three reputable vegetable places around uh, online. You can see evaluations of them that people have done before, and you get some good varieties from them, and you have some nice, nice asparagus year after year. So us doing an asparagus bed now, because I'm definitely intrigued by this, tell us when we're actually going to get to enjoy asparagus. Let's see, if we did it now, the spears will come up in early, mid, let's say mid-April when it gets warm. And that first year, it's probably better not to harvest any spears because the spears eventually turn to big ferns, big tall, feathery, attractive ferns atop the asparagus bed. They're pretty to look at. But if you harvest those ferns or the, the asparagus sprouts the first year, you're going to cut off the number of ferns, and the ferns really is what makes the root system get bigger and bigger. So the first year, if you can, if you can manage, harvest one or two spears, but leave the rest of them to grow. They'll grow all summer long, the big, tall, ferny things. And then in the September, October, they'll turn yellow when the frost comes and cut them all down. The whole bed will be bare until the, ferns, the, the spears start coming up in late February, early March, and April, sometime in there. And then you can harvest then the second year, you can harvest more of them. And the third year, even more of them. So every year you get more harvest and let the ferns grow during the summertime. It's five to six years of asparagus, good eating. Wow. And raised bed or no? Raised beds do well because you want the soil to be really perfect for it. It's stay in the same place for year after year after year. And so that first year when you prepare the bed, that's why it's important to do it now. You want to be sure you've done all the work you can to make sure the soil is loose, well-drained, doesn't have any water sitting around there, uh, it's full sun. And so preparing early, get the roots in when you can, that's a good thing to do. A lot of good compost or some kind of aged animal manure is going to be really good soil for that. Sure. Last but not least, thinking ahead, because it's a new year, so we're going to try some new things in the garden. Folks are already just chomping at the bits to start thinking about their spring and summer vegetable gardens and it is a little too early to start seed indoors if that's what you were preferring to do maybe for squash or tomatoes or something like that but what can we be doing thinking ahead to our summer crops 
we talked about online ordering just now, and there are at least three places, a place called Totally Tomatoes and Total Tomato something else. There are three places online that have hundreds of varieties of tomato seeds, and you can order them now. But like you said, it's too early to start them inside. But you order them now, you can set up a little seed starting place inside in the old uh, unused bedroom or someplace where it's warm during the, during the spring. You get started just preparing the place for seeding things indoors. And then when you seed them in February or March, they'll be ready to go when it's time to plant in April. We'll definitely talk more about that because I know folks reuse some of the same materials and setups year to year when they're starting seeds. Yeah. So yeah. there's some good you know, hygienic practices that could go along with that and the soil you need to buy and all that. I can't wait to talk to you about that in another month or two. Yeah, get by lights, by LED lights or your fluorescent lights, by little stands to hold the lights up to move them up and down over the seedlings, uh, little watering systems that some people have uh, bought and invented, I guess, at home. There's all sorts of things that you can do now to prepare for the tomatoes, the squash, the other things you might start indoors and be ready for them as soon as it gets warm enough outside. All those things you just listed off, almost like a checklist of the things you might need aside from the soil and aside from the seeds. You know who probably has a good checklist on those things? Who do you think? Joe Lample. Oh, gosh, Joe Lample is the master. He is the master at planting seeds and planting outdoors in the garden. He is such a great guy. Absolutely, and he has tried it every which way, fans, no fans, heating pads, no heating pads, all of that kind of thing. So in addition to going to WalterReeves.com for some of the great information we've talked about today, you can also go to JoeGardner.com and find out more about starting seed from Joe. Like we said, it's a little too early, but it's never too early to start at least learning about it, right? Oh, he has videos, he has classes, he has all sorts of things. And remember, Joe's a neighbor. He's a friend of ours, and he lives here in uh, in Atlanta, or North Atlanta, I guess. And all these things online at his website, JoeGardner.com, that I just think is perfect for a beginner or experienced gardener, either one. Amen. Well, Walter, thanks so much for making me feel a little bit better about my broccoli that's looking pretty. It's just not doing anything. My garlic that's coming up. I cannot believe I have to wait till June to enjoy that garlic, but I'll wait. I'll wait patiently. Oh, gardeners know it, don't they? Well, we'll be talking to you next Saturday. Always appreciate your help. Check you later, Gator. Have a good weekend. minutes till the top of the hour live in the WSB radio studio today hoping for your calls 404-872-0750 so if you don't have a garden question which this time of year there may not be a lot that's on your mind or a lot of things that you're observing or noticing and that's okay so we can just call or you can call and we can talk and chat about uh, new year's resolutions as it relates to gardening and things you want to try things you maybe failed at last year but you're going to try again this year or something that you're going to try for the first time i would love for you to share that and just inspire others and uh you know i just i'm curious what you're what you're going to do so one of the things that walter and i just talked about is starting seed and getting ready for that process and that's so inspiring um to even just have something to look forward to and to plan ahead to um, and we mentioned JoeGardner.com. Good morning, Joe. Joe Lample out there listening uh, from North Fulton County, a national television show host, guys, with Growing a Greener World. And he is right here in our backyard. So when you want to know about starting seed, 
and all of that, Joe is the go-to. Joe Lample is the go-to. And on his site, on joegardener.com, there's an online gardening academy where you can learn about the topics that interest you. And it's really an academy. Like, it's not just a YouTube video. Like, here, here's this info. Go run with it. I mean, this is very in-depth um, research and, and years that he's spent on these things and the best ways that this works. And one is the Master Seed Starting Class. So it's just fantastic. I highly recommend it. I've been through it. And I'm certainly going to do it again just as a refresher because a year ago was a long time ago. And I did have some uh, not such great luck with some of the things that I tried last year as far as starting seeds. So I'm ready to make it successful this year. So that's really going to help uh, boost your confidence a little bit if you want to check that out. Okay, I forgot to give you the weather update sponsored by Finley Roofing. Our own meteorologist, Kirk Mellish, calling for mostly sunny skies today and tomorrow. Love that. Today it's only going to warm up to around the mid-40s around metro Atlanta, lows around 27. So that's when we need to start thinking about that frost cloth or plastic ways to cover those tender plants if you haven't already lost them. Tomorrow, high around 52, low around 33, and showers move back in on Monday. Scattered showers throughout the area. So coming up at 7 o'clock, calling from Canada. Calling from Toronto, Canada, Colin Mockery. Now, you may not know that name, but you do know this. Hey, welcome back to Whose Line Is It Anyway? The show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. Now, that was Drew Carey. Drew Carey used to be the host of Whose Line Is It Anyway? We took that as a spinoff from the UK and had the American version, and Aisha Tyler is the host now. But Colin, so talented working alongside Ryan Stiles, Brad Sherwood, and Wayne Brady, of course. So love whose line is it anyway? We're going to talk to Colin Mockery. He is my celebrity gardener coming up in the next hour. Can't wait to hear from him and why Atlanta is on his mind this weekend. Tonight, as a matter of fact, Atlanta is on his mind, so we're glad to... uh, Help promote the thing that he's doing right here in Georgia at the Cobb Energy Center. So that's coming up at 7 o'clock. Wanting to talk a little more about birding and about removing pine trees. I just had someone bring up a a great topic about removing pine trees, starting a new lawn, what to be done there. So that's going to be a good topic for the bottom of the hour at 730 And then my interview with 15-year-old Ryan Tedeschi, a plant enthusiast, to say the least, from Smyrna, Georgia. I really want you to hear all the time that I've spent putting that interview together for you so you can learn so much from a 15-year-old whose passion supersedes anything I've ever heard about houseplants. So stay tuned to Green and Growing, 404-872-0750. We'll be right back. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.